0: This is Shock of Art Speak.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad we were on the same page with what that was. Yeah, I wasn't quite been, sure if you were going.
2: It was a test of our synergy. He did That Check. was not planned. That no. was another That's cool. awesome. This is another failed intro. Yeah, um, so it's what we do. It's what we do. We fail in intros and outros.
0: Yeah, so so it's a success. I so guess. we're
2: basically a, a breadless sandwich. We are. We're just
0: people that are like, yeah, we're we're a we're a keto podcast. Keto podcast. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just pieces of meat. Pure beef. <laughs> Pure beef. <laughs> yeah. Beef
2: uh, backwards is <laughs> feeb.
0: Dude, I saw I saw this video the other day. It was really great. This is so dumb. It has nothing to do with it. Here's your brain debris, folks. Um, Boy, and so this lady's like recording herself on her phone and she's eating with like her boyfriend or husband or whatever. And um, she's like, Is a hamburger wrapped in lettuce? And she takes a bite of it. <laughs> and then she goes, It's french fries wrapped in lettuce. <laughs> and it's onion ring wrapped in lettuce. And, and like the dude, like, it's he's, a milkshake. He keeps like looking over at her like every time a little bit more incredulously. And then she picks up her drink, and she goes, it's a Coke, but it's wrapped in lettuce. <laughs> that's <laughs> gross. He's like, what are you... Anyway, um, yeah, that's what we are. Yep. <laughs> the whole podcast is wrapped in lettuce. But I will tell you, the meat is fantastic. Correct. The stuff we give you in the middle. We yeah. we we we, uh, we we hope it is at least. The
1: there.
2: nickname that I've always had for Gareth that no one's <laughs> ever heard, spicy tuna.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've
2: never heard this either. Yeah, so he, he's never... That, that one's like the... That's when I first met him, but I never told him. So I've been in my mind referring to him as Spicy Tuna for about for, for 10 years. For about 10 years.
0: <laughs> no worries. Oh, man. Uh, gosh. Who's that football coach they called Big Tuna? Oh, God. Is this, this is a brain debris episode? Okay. We got to get on track. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Uh, let's derail the derailment. Yeah. Disqualify yourself. What, about, what are we talking about? Okay.
2: Today, so, so we're back. I hope you enjoyed the. Uh, um, uh, deconstructing jerry's tweets mm-hmm. we have a he um spoiler alert he posted a great tweet that really works into this series and we're going to be excited to share that with you in the upcoming yeah, weeks so. it's going to be great the irony of it is so good and so supports our okay. our little uh sub series we'll be doing every now and then we'll be sprinkling deconstructing jerry's tweets throughout the year i mean yeah. and you know if there's other you know cultural thinkers you want us to kind of interact with uh, send them our way let us yeah. give us some ideas help us out let's let's do more of this so anyhow so that aside we're back on with our discussion on uh um calling mm-hmm. and you know we we kicked that off I was coming off of covid so I was definitely out and then Gareth uh got sick again and yeah. so um today I don't believe either one of us is sick
0: no which I'm, is a miracle I'm on the tail end of yeah getting my voice back so it's a little yeah a little what it is but he
2: whatever. sounds a little better than uh the simpson sisters um, <laughs> definitely whatever their names are but um Patty and Selma. Yeah, Patty and Selma. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Gareth. Also, little known fact about Gareth is he is a he's a Simpsons aficionado junkie, junkie in a serious way. Yeah. So cool. I'll just let that. Maybe we'll do a Simpsons episode. I I don't know what that would look like, but <laughs> stuff that away. So we're gonna talk about calling again,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but we're gonna move into um, into um, calling in relationship to vocation. So we'll be looking at vocation. Then we'll be looking at like hobby, we'll be looking at several things, and then we'll have a, a guest on or two and get into like subcategories of this discussion. And, and the idea is that this becomes a pretty kind of like a um, a set of plot points for kind of thinking through your own station in life. You know, it's not an exhaustive, it's not uh, comprehensive, but it is, um, as we always say, it's a conversation starter. And so um, maybe just to recap, I'm going to jump back in and just kind of refresh our memory on calling and a couple things that uh, we laid out is with the calling is that it's um it's your um oh gosh i'm gonna draw a blank but it's your capacity or it's your Mm -hmm. um it is it's one part is um sort of uh yeah what what would you say it's your capacity Mm -hmm. your um affinity a desire Mm -hmm. and then um kind of confirmation or affirmation so it's Mm -hmm. like uh, an opportunity. Sorry, opportunity. I got it. So it's your it's your capacity to do it, uh, or your giftings, if you will. So capacity, giftings, desire, and opportunity. And so so it's the way those three sort of mutually interact with each other in a sense. And then and then the enjoinder to desire was to ramp it up a bit and say desire towards the end of affinity. Mm-hmm. So um um, past the desire of doing something, I actually am really interested in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talked about how these, um, your capacity, like, you know, so if I said to you, I want to be a gospel R and B singer, mm-hmm. but I have no capacity to sing, which I don't, um, then I may have the desire but not have the capacity. Right. And so what happens is, um, doors are not opening for me to do that because there's no reason that they should. Mm-hmm. And so I'm left with desire. Then I have to question what is my, my desire may not be clear. Mm-hmm. You see, to use a kind of hackneyed, kind of goofy example. So, so, but when when these things are together, then they're like issues of degree, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I want to be an artist, and this coffee shop is given me an op- opportunity to hang a couple of paintings. I've never done this before. Yeah, and um, it looks like I'm getting better at doing this. And so there's a kind of a correspondence between the relativity of your des- relative your desire, relative opportunity and context, and then relative uh, ability to execute. And that's the kind of thing that can be stewarded and cultivated into something where 20 years from now you're, you're looking at putting paintings in a museum or something like that you know I mean so it's not static but it is developmental but it's also incipient in that it's there and so um, it's the way these things interact with each other and then you got um, I might have misspoke last time when I said it's about -hmm. Um, um, <clears throat> I said it's about confirmation through others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's there in the periphery, but it's not. Um, it's sort of subsumed in, in the category of opportunity. Yeah. Total, total tangent and aside, because it's just my memory is jarring. Also, I wanted to edit something I said in the last episode real fast while I'm remembering, so bear mm-hmm. with me. If you go back and you listen, I said something about um, uh, that subjectivity as it relates to agency. And I said, agency precedes subjectivity. And I, I was like, that was bugging me ever since I said that. And partly because I didn't quite clarify it well enough. And I think it even bears on discussions like this. So that's why I'm bringing it back up. It's to say that we, we are necessarily uh, subject to that which is objective,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but subjectivity doesn't bring about life. Right, it's right. actually, and so so our agency is that of a subjective being in that sense um, and, uh, so it's, it's, it's like compounded. Our ontology precedes the kind of being that we are precedes the, um, uh, uh, the, the quote unquote subjectivity or whatever. So we are, you know, we, we are able that, that gets into free will and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. spoiler alert, I want to do a talk on free will at some point. Oh, fun. That sounds yeah. great. I so, was actually
0: talking to somebody about that last <laughs> night.
2: So, so, um, okay. So, so, cause it does, it does. It does bear on this conversation, actually. No, it totally does. So that's so I know I'm I'm jumping around here, but so now we're back, mm-hmm. and so we got an idea of calling it can just kind of re re up the definitions, and so then we want we want to do is talk about vocation. So I just want to kick it out there before we go in any further, and just say like, what do we think about vocation? Mm-hmm. What what is vocation, Gareth?
0: Um, I mean, want you your thoughts? I go? You want to go back to like the Latin and everything? I mean, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, like vocadio is this idea of like you know an actual. Um, actual real real job but it's kind of entwined with the person mm-hmm. right so uh, the idea of vocation is is um, a whole lot more uh, kind of personal mm-hmm. uh, right so it's it's not you know we just think of it as like oh this is my vocation you know I had a summer job and it's like yeah. no nah, that's not what that is yes that's you know, a job Yep. Um, but when you talk about vocation, it's like it's actually like almost like a commitment mm-hmm. um, of sorts. So it has like a, a, a deeper, deeper weight and uh, strength to it. Um, and it sometimes can get lost because, you know, uh, we just like to use words interchangeably with everything else mm-hmm. and assume definitions. And then like we flatline everything and everything was its meaning. You know how it goes. Um, and I think vocation is one of Say that
2: words. again slower. <laughs> you just take, well, yeah. yeah. Say that again slower. Like about the. <laughs> Interchanging of
0: we interchange words that mm-hmm. have similarities, and we assume that they all have the same exact meaning. Right. Uh, so we remove nuance, mm-hmm. which in turn flatlines everything and removes meaning from life.
2: Yeah, and so I would go, you know, I would just amen then and say, and in, the, in that we confuse denotation and connotation.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. So what
2: something denotes is clear. What it connotates has range potentially, mm-hmm. and then that gets into colloquialisms and and um, so so. You know, I've read Wittgenstein, old and oh, early, yeah. and latter, so I yes. know that there's a subjectivity to language, and I, I um, but I do think that uh, we are in a full freefall loss of definitions, mm-hmm. so and what they denote, what a word yeah. denotes, and so that's part of that. That's part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. So I love what you said about personal mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to vocation, and and so what I would say is. Uh, the way we think about the you said it perfectly as far as interchangeability so you get people that inter, they use it almost as if there's no difference yeah it's just pure synonyms like uh a job vocation career and career mm-hmm. it, they just become these work. work they start to become so interchangeable they literally lose their meaning but what happens is when the meaning is lost the depth of understanding on our side is lost and it dulls um out the cultural um, references or, or act actions that follow from that, yeah so everything gets dulled out so language is powerful
1: mm-hmm.
2: although it's not everything it, it is uh, huge in our um, sort of our um, us being at our best if you will
0: yeah and and with with the idea of vocation um, you really can't you can't disentangle it from um, the idea of profession mm-hmm. right so uh whenever i talk with students about this and we start just placing the landscape of of work and kind of plotting those points on the map we talk about vocation as something that is you know it's it's personal to someone it has a lot to do it is it is subjective in that it is personal but it is objective because it relates to the categories that you were describing earlier Right. So there is there is sort of this way that we can understand it, that we can kind of come to terms with it, Um, not necessarily in like a mechanical, um, you know, fatalistic sort of sense, Mm -hmm. but in the sense that we don't have to sit here with a dart and a bunch of words on a dartboard and throw it and go, okay, I guess that's what I'll be. Mm -hmm. That we do actually have uh, objective things that we can bounce off of and ways that we can know and understand ourselves and the world around us and how things work to make that happen. Um, but we also talk about profession. And so you go back to you know the root of that, and mm. I, I always ask folks I'm like, well, well, what do we profess? Mm-hmm. Like when somebody talks about professing something, what is actually there? And there's really only two instances uh, where that word is used a lot. Mm-hmm. And so one would be you know, if you took like a a nun or a monk or somebody that's you know part of like a kind of a holy order or or a sect or something, and they would they would profess their beliefs, mm-hmm. right. Um, and the other one would be when we talk about love, Mm -hmm. you profess your love. And, um, the picture in both of those is a verbal confirmation of an internal reality. Mm -hmm. So it is, when we talk about profession, it is talking about a thing that is actually already real. Mm -hmm. So the categories you were describing earlier, uh, when you talk about kind of a, you know, the desire, Mm -hmm. the want for it and things like that, like those are all tied up in this idea of profession and Mm -hmm. vocation. Um, and it isn't an impersonal thing. Mm-hmm. It is a completely personal thing.
2: Yeah, so so in that, so if I, I threw occupation in there. So like yeah. if we, okay, so so I throw my definitional sort of clarifier on vocation. Vocation is in the grand scheme of things, historically, it's closer to calling. Yeah. So, but here's how. So calling assumes that you have been, um, you know, so... So th- these flow out of a religious context, actually. Yeah, they do. So, so vocation and calling flow out of a religious context, and they, they've been you know, used in a kind of popular way, but they actually come from this idea that um, you've been called into th- something like ministry for God. So yeah, you've something heard, bigger. Yeah, something bigger. You've heard, and you have been gifted, and the context is X or Y or whatever, and I... Enter into the calling. Mm-hmm. Now, here's here's a really interesting thing. So you've been called. Vocation has something more so to do with vocalizing your mm-hmm. calling. Yeah, yeah. So it's so vo is the vocalization of your calling. Mm-hmm. So it's the actual personal expression of the call, which has nothing to do in that sense. In that sense, with whether it's paid job or not. No. So in its in its root, it is. So it's really tightly enjoined to um, calling. So, so vocation and calling historically are tied together. So think about that. It's really beautiful. I've been called to something and I answer the call through my vocation, through the vocalizing, Mm -hmm. metaphorically speaking through the, the, the doing of the call, if you will. And, um, and that's enjoined to one who is calling you into it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then that gets super metaphysical as far as, uh, uh, laden capacities to answer the call, like you are a fly, you are a daisy, and the sunlight shines on you, and you vocalize your inherent daisiness, if you will, and you flourish into the flower that uh, you're called to be. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not saying things don't change, and that um, we can't think about differently, but it's really interesting to think about the beauty of that, um, and and so that's where that's where it unmuddles the kind of uh colloquialisms like i just i just have to do this. Yeah. Well, you might, but you need a context for understanding what you're actually saying by that and oftentimes what happens is people disappropriate appropriate those sentiments and they're not actually true of them. I just feel called to be the next Marvin Gaye. Yeah. I am not called to be the next Marvin Gaye. I would love to be in some deep part of my brain. <laughs> I would love to sing like Marvin Gaye. I love Marvin Gaye, but I'm not called. I I really wasn't gifted or called to do that. So, also, I want to be cautious so as to not lead people into thinking that there's just one thing you're to do. Right. So, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, have us, you know, mislead anybody that way. But then, what that does is, so if you, if you, if you put calling together with vocation as um, uh, call response interrelatedness, then you get into um, occupation. Mm -hmm. And what's there in occupation is to occupy a space, yeah, doing a, possessing a thing possessing a what? A job, mm-hmm. right? And, and, um, and, and that clarifies, I think, a distinction between calling and vocation and occupation. And then the subcategory that would then move into things like trades, where well, you've learned a repeatable skill. Yeah. And, and, and don't miss this. <clears throat> These are things that are needed. So you get into things like trade, mm-hmm. that's a needed thing. That's why we have. That's why we have these jobs. Yeah. But imagine when when calling occupation, vocation, trade, job. <coughs> excuse me. Become muddled. Yeah. And then a college mm. doesn't unmuddle that, and then um, people come under the pretense that they're getting assurance.
0: Yeah, that's that's when you get into this like. <sighs> post-industrial Western liberal economic understanding of work, mm-hmm. right? You get into this factory thing that we've talked about a lot over the last few years, um, where we now say, okay, this internal thing that we're talking about here, this sort of draw and pull this something that feels very, um, mm-hmm. very like safe and mm-hmm. warm and complete. Uh, now you're telling me now the only way I can understand it is through this, this, this garbage lens which is oh 40 hours a week, benefits, yeah with uh, this salary. And that's where parents and students, I think have a lot of trouble really getting traction on things yeah because they're like, how do we make that happen? And it's like we're not we, we shouldn't be having that conversation yeah. right now because yeah. we haven't parsed out what we're talking about in the first place.
2: Yeah, because then, then how do skills skills tie into trade? And they can certainly you can be uh, skilled in your vocation. Well, why well because i'm called well, what does that mean well i have capacity and opportunity and mm-hmm. desire and so they they inter they uh they interrelatedly work and they make kind of almost intuitive sense and you you know when you see it when someone's just like does the thing and they're like yeah they like they, oh, they're yeah. not overthinking it like it's just it all fits so then there's the rest of us you know like or wherever whoever you know like mm-hmm. who's who's not finding themselves there and you know we say things like piecemeal like do you got to do what you love and it's not work well it's like no no that's no, work still it yeah. works on a bad thing. It's it's it demands and depletes our body in such a way that it requires us to go to sleep at night, um, and that's actually a good thing. The reason why we're anxious is because people aren't working in a real in like a, a kind of a serious way sometimes, including myself.
0: Not yeah, totally. Yeah, um, I see that. Yeah, you cool.
2: know, so so when you get to things like job, um, your occupation. that's a what is that? I possess a position in a space as a nurse. Mm-hmm. What does that entail? It entails, ex, you know. Any number of things, correct? Yeah, and then and and here's the thing: your occupation may not be what you're called to, mm-hmm. may not be your um, uh, that you may not be voicing your calling necessarily. Yeah, but it but it it does do it, uh, several um, it does provide several provisions and services, mm-hmm. and that's an important distinction because um, you may discover your calling in the midst of the occupation. Yeah, like like I'm a nurse, but I am really called to, um, to ER Mm -hmm. working and working with babies. Yeah. I, I I have this affinity for that and this internal nut, I can't shake it. I need to be there. Yeah. yeah. And that's within the space of occupation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so like there's a coming to understand and, and then job is like job. Like I got a job. Yeah. I got a job. Mm. I got, (laughs) (laughs) I've been told to do some things regardless. And I got to get it done. And uh, um, even at sacrifice to my other inclinations and desires. So what's really interesting to me is how calling and job get conflated. And, um, and then you're left with, well, if I'm not getting paid, it's not valid. And, and creativity in the arts, that's not true. Mm-hmm. So you could be called to be a poet and gifted to be a poet. And you voice that vocationally. And you may or may not be getting paid because the culture may or may not care at that point yeah but that gets into like larger context larger issues of ephemeral ephemerality and uh, 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 beauty and um, uh, sort of eternal I would say yeah. eternal things uh, things of eternal consequence that uh, um, you know some people used to call them like the transcendentals, but you know like uh, uh, there, there may be things that are, are, are more m- meaningful in how they matter than what the current context Mm-hmm. can see or care to know because they're drunk on whatever things we're drunk on. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're drunk on ambition. We're drunk on uh, navel-gazing. We're drunk on... So we, we really can't tend to these other things. But those other things uh, don't not matter. Mm-hmm. And we, we may build a society... Like, I would say that our society is largely right now built out of fear. Mm-hmm. And so fear and then false promise of assurance provided you submit to the fear. So I got to get a job, and it's got to provide me what? Security. And then you backload. Oh, and it'd be nice if I actually knew how to do it, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I don't know, the reason for wanting to do a talk like this or a little series like this is to help artists kind of get clear on what if you know what if you're working a job at Walmart right now, and you're you you feel like because you're not yeah yeah you know the the way in which you're looking to answer whether or not you're called to something is too narrowly focused on money.
0: Yeah, I mean, because really, I mean...
2: Not that uh, money doesn't matter and not that it's not awesome if you're getting paid to do it. Please, if you can get paid to do it, do it. Do it. It's just to say that that isn't the only thing that is going to help you understand whether you are called to uh, to voice Mm -hmm. your calling vocationally. And um, there may be seasons where you do and you don't. And a lot of artists have experienced that, famine and and, um, abundance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but... I think it's really important to disentangle all of these um, uh, 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 interchangeable parts that are not as interchangeable as as we'd like to think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I mean, because really, like uh, the the implicit narrative, and I guess sometimes it's explicit depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, different programs and departments will do this, but the implicit narrative within art design and creative schools is that there is a specific place. Where you will be if you have succeeded, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's like, okay, you'll be in these galleries, you'll be in these places, you'll be in these shows, you'll be mm-hmm. in these publications, you'll be in this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, but it most definitely will not be you working another job and doing studio time at night. Yeah. Like yeah. that, and the thing is, is like uh, I I know plenty of professors at plenty of schools that teach in creative spaces. That would say to me, "Oh no, no, no we we don't say that at all," and it's like, "Yes, you do, because mm-hmm. you don't say anything opposite of it." Yeah and, and, and in, a, in a talk like this, when we talk about vocation, some of it really is just to free up your conscience to be like, look, you don't have to be in the blue chip galleries to still be a painter. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, I mean, shoot, you don't even have to have really the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, maybe that comes along down the road or something yeah. else. Right. Because when you talk about security and assurance and those sort of things, we're looking for those on the front end. Yeah. So somebody has to say, Hey, Hey, I'll step in and do this thing, but you got to let me know that X, Y, and Z are givens and definite, and it's irrespective of any work I do or do not do. Mm-hmm. And that's just garbage. Yeah, you know, yeah, because because yeah. uh, another part of what we're talking about is uh, work. Mm-hmm. All of these things tie up with work, right? So, if I'm working a forty-hour jo- week job to pay my bills and do my other things, that is not for art or design or creative stuff. Am I still doing doing the work of an artist? Yeah. If, if I do have that 40 hour a week job where I'm getting compensated as an artist, am I doing the work? Yeah. 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 You know, that's, that's always going to be a part of it. Um, cause the, the work is the stuff we do. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's like
2: work life integration. You know, you're alive and these things, um, vision helps you kind of prioritize, um, order for a season and, uh, requires perpetual revisitation to it. Mm-mm. But I was just thinking in a che- this is so cheesy and I know I'm going to lose some people because they're, um, not Lord of the Rings fans or Hobbit fans, but, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Gandalf calls, uh, in the Hobbit, it, you know, he, he calls, um, not Frodo, what's it? Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Bilbo Baggins does not know that he's going to be a burglar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he, he's not. In, but here, so here's the interest, it's like I'm trying to so here's the interesting thing. He doesn't know he has the capacity and doesn't know it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Gandalf knows something about hobbits and their laden capacity. <laughs> that what's intrinsic to hobbits, their yeah. physicality, their idiosyncrasies, mm-hmm. a a general sense enough to know that uh Bilbo Baggins is is going to be the right <laughs> call, like right dude the call to be the burglar.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, vocationally. Yeah, yeah. So Baggins has to answer the call. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Okay, so then he answers the call, and what happens is he enters as the speculative um, uh, burglar, but he leaves something different than even that. So much so that everybody else also sees it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So, so it's a process, you know. So he, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's like so. It's like oh, I'm called to be an artist. Okay, well as you as you you have to leave the shire to answer the call
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's like um in um yeah. uh god calls abraham in the old testament bible mm-hmm. and abraham doesn't know what he's getting called into yeah yeah. but he, apparently it's this crazy story where a guy leaves everything and he he goes out into the unknown and he answers the call and there's an assumption about his capacity but also the capacity of the one calling to bring about um something that um, the called can't even fully comprehend. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm using these stories to say that when you're called to something, you're called into, it's sort of like you're called out of yourself into voicing the call. And as a maker, as a songwriter, as a thinker, mm-hmm. as a, a spiritual being even, like as a physically deeply material spiritual being that, and so you, you know makers you've done things where you can't explain why it works so well. Yeah. you and, and then it's even more mystifying when other, when the door opens for the very mysterious thing you've made where you're like, I couldn't quite make that again and I can't tell you why it works so well. That's why you stay enamored in some ways because you've glimpsed something that's hard to reduce. Yeah. But you're faithful and you steward it and you you continue to explore and you, can, you continue to answer the yeah. call through the voicing of the call and you continue to manifest or see things that are like, well, you know, this is, I, I know what I did and I know why, but gosh, there's so, there's, it's elusive to more, we've talked about that. And I guess what I'm trying to say is um, uh, to step out out of oneself into the unknown of the call um, is, a, is a kind of, um, it's a leap of a kind of faith. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're resting on what you know and you're stepping into what's unknown in this dance-like tension. And um, you can't have assurances in that sense. Right. So, so, when you start to talk about this stuff and conflate it and you put it into like institutions and schools, like the idea of assurances ahead of answering the quote unquote call, mm-hmm. it becomes um, make believe. So, you're, you're, you know, a lot of times what we're treading in or dealing in is, is really um, performance based um, kind of dishonesty. Yeah, you know, like um, it becomes make believe in the truest sense, mm-hmm. like closer to costume wearing than not. No, 100%. and and then and then there's an insistence that everybody else must believe with you, and if if they don't, then you're you know you're outed, you're canceled, or whatever it is. But but the thing is, if you do, what's happening is a dumbing down of the like a dumbing down of the real at the expense of the lie, mm-hmm. and as long as everybody's playing along it doesn't, it, it, it continues to erode. And that's how easy definition definitions and terms can become interchangeable. Just as interchangeable as watching my kids play dress up mm-hmm. where they just grab different things. There's no weight and consequence to it. So they put on different things, change their language and they keep playing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, that kind of play, I think is eroding our society actually. Yeah. Yikes. I made a big yeah. jump. I'm sorry. No, but-
0: it's fine. I'm, I'm- the, the thing that came into my mind uh, is I'm trying to think of, of if everything you're saying, I completely see. I have more anecdotal depth that I could throw into this because there's just countless people you see that are doing the same thing. Right. So it, it, it all it all matches. It all uh, kind of vibes together. And I'm trying to think like if, if this were in some other context how ridiculous would it look and how much would we not even talk about it? Yeah. Because of how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so if <clears throat> if there was somebody who was like, Hey, I'm going to be a baseball player. um, But you know, I need to know that I'm going to have, I, I need to at least get the, the, the batting crown like three seasons. Um, I need to, I need some assurance that I'd be in an all-star game. You know, let's say five times mm-hmm. or, I, or I can't step into this. Um, I, I, you know, the people on the other side of the table would look at you and be like, Hey dummy, like you got to do the work for it. Yeah. Like that's like, we're asking you, we, we see all that potential in you. We see that all those things could happen, mm-hmm. but you got to step in and do the work. And if that's the stuff you want, there is a level of your want, your desire will drive you into those things. Yeah. And we wouldn't be offering the contract if we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So those things could be reality real simple. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. You might hear that and be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And it should be. Yeah. But when we, it's, it's so weird because in, in, in art and design and creative spaces, we do these things and we don't bat an eye. We're just like, no, that sounds, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. I need those assurances. I need that safety. And I get it. There's, there's a human, there's a human desire to know that you're not at risk, that you're at a place where um, things are controlled things are uh, safe. Mm -hmm. Like I get that. But if that's the only place where we find ourselves, the other side of that, you know, whatever you want to call it, risk or unknown or whatever else is a huge reward. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I mean, you think about the, the way you felt after like the first show that you earned, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if it was through other connections and networks and things like that. But, your first show, like, there was a a feeling of accomplishment that came with that, um, and it's all the categories you're talking about earlier, right? The affirmation from other people, the confirmation from the activity, um, and even deeper still desire to go out and do more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I told you, like, hey, yeah, you'll be this artist, you'll get a show every other year, like, how how much would you care? Mm-hmm. How much would it matter to you? Yeah. How much would you really go out and tell people, hey, you should totally do this?
2: Yeah, the adventure, the the adventuring nature of the, the world we find ourselves in and the way that we're kind of composed as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking at relative levels of assurances, um, you know, and you're, you're not trying to be destitute in order to have an experience. Yeah, for real. But you're, but you're also not. So we're, so we're more on the side of, um, on average, um, total assurance. Which is antithetical to journey, creativity, making poetry, like all of these things, um, uh, because there's no, nothing wearing on you. There's no no weight, and there's no um, weight on you. Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, in that in in the idyllic mindset, not in the actuality. it's like in the matrix that you stick your head into. You you think that that's the world, and you confuse it, and you expect it to work a certain way, devoid of yeah. certain challenges. But in the actual world, those challenges persist, and so um, you have to weigh the cost. You have to calculate the risk. So we want and yeah, <clears throat> so it's tricky. You know, we want a, assurances through the assurance of outcome, and that's antithetical to diversity and difference.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so we're in a really difficult time right now. And I, here's what I would say: This is the maybe perhaps one of the most goofy. I've been saying goofy things, but I'll keep going. This is goofy, but I believe it, and you'll probably hear me talk about it more in the future, is we're at a precipice of a total loss of truth, and um, uh, without truth, everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you will have to be honest about your station, your ability, what you're really doing, why you're really, like, like you will have to reckon with the truth, and as long as you keep doing make believe, you'll never know the freedom bound up in the truth, mm-hmm. the the freedom of conscience to be where you're really at, um, the ability to ask for help based on where you're really at. Mm-hmm. The like, there's there's so many indicatives that follow from the truth. The truth shall set you free. Well, we're actually completely chopping down the truth. Mm-hmm. So. Um, because um, mass psychosis, I don't know. Because we're afraid, um, or we, or I would even go so far to say we're we're sort of being told in a a echo chamber kind of way. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, uh, be what? Be afraid, be afraid, and it just echoes, echoes, mm-hmm. echoes. And hey, let me sell you a sure, sure, insurance. And it's like uh, uh cultural capital. You want to like look this way, 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 act this way, way, way. Like be ahead. Don't be in the wrong side. Like. Don't think for yourself. Trust, you know what's being told to you. Like, and and these are just echoing. It's just permeating. It's the environment. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I've never felt more compelled to speak plainly than I do now. Yeah. Because the loss of that, whether I'm right or wrong, even
1: mm-hmm.
2: because because there has to be room to be educated at the expense of your best effort, and it falling short so that I may come to have a better understanding at some point through edification and conversation and mutuality. If I'm not willing to risk that, I can't even have a real conversation.
0: No, totally. And, and really the, the, the logical ends of uh, total assurance and safety um, in the way that we're talking about it right now um, is the obliteration of the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's going to get to a place where you uh, have a really no... You've you've desired and created, and people have carved out such a, a a safe spot in the middle that now you have no art that really resonates.
2: No, it's just mirroring. It's pure mirroring what is already the case, and so all these buzzwords like innovation and creativity yeah. just become well, make I mean, believe.
0: And it's like you know, you look at things like Russian constructivism, right? Mm-hmm. It starts out and people are like it's exciting, it's new, it's different, it's it's vibrant, it's whatever, and then by then it's like yeah, it's still a bunch of kind of squares. Yeah. You know, like it
2: Hey, watch it, dude.
0: I mean I'm just saying I like
2: squares. Squares are great.
0: <laughs> but I'm talking within this particular historical paradigm. Watch it, you dude. We're like by the end, it's just like look at look at the stuff we're doing and it's doing this, that and it's like it's really not like like it's like, you know, seen it. Seen yeah it, seen it. Yeah. Um and um, you know, and I know that's that's a very overtly simplified elementary, reductive way to look at it.
2: Gareth said he was gonna be a jerk today, so don't just forgive him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, so, he did not say that. No, I, he but, jokingly said that. But sometimes I embody it. So yeah. it's um, but the um, but it really is. It's one of those situations where, like, if you if you were trying to define something to such an nth degree mm-hmm. to make sure it's controllable and safe,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's antithetical to the arts. Yeah.
2: So hey, so coming back to so exactly right. So coming back to that, like like round back to calling and vocation. Calling and vocation implicate a worldview mm-hmm. that would manufacture or that would enable you to be called independent of your desire. So I just want to put that out there then. And voicing the call is your response in executing with capacity and desire, opportunity and confirmation. So I'm just saying that I'm postulating that, which means if you, when we cherry pick the categories, they lose their meaning. And and therefore a loss of context and meaning means I'm just making up yeah, <laughs> I'm just making up SHI. Yeah. Right. So so fun stuff, just yeah, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is if you're really trying to get clear, well then you gotta be clear prior to that. Like what, if you are a strict materialist, then you're just deterministically bound to whatever action. Mm-hmm. So whatever your sense of belief is about the world, whatever you think at a at a base level an axi- axiomatic level first things level is informing how you understand your decisions and so you talk about it but prior to talking about it you've got latent undeveloped belief that is informing the words that you speak mm-hmm. and you hope that you'll get to some clarity through the words you speak but it still comes back down to belief yeah, yeah. and that has to do with assurances so i mean i i want to kick the door open and say like you can call it what you want, but if if you're looking for, um, if you you if you think, um, I call myself and I answer my call and then I go and do my thing, cool, do that. But I, I think that's a really small view of the world because you're just looking at yourself. Yeah. And how do you did you call yourself into existence when you were born? Yeah. You didn't. You can't. So so it does. It's it's not truthful. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I said you have to come back to what is true. So if 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 we're being truthful, I don't know. I know how I got here, mm-hmm. but I did not make myself get here, and I didn't necessarily choose the uh, the body I'm wearing. And this, and the, but but the question becomes: Am I an accident, or is there a purpose behind it? Was I made? You know, to what extent, to what level? Like all, like you should get clear on what you believe about the world. Yeah. Is it is it is it purely evolved? Is it is there is there a higher power? Is the higher power impersonal, personal? Like. You know, I, I, at some point, we're going to have to, like, unpack all that, I think. But so what I want to say to you is, like, job is job. Yeah. Job is job. Mm-hmm. Jobs are good. Yeah. I've had many jobs. None of them that I was called to, but they served me for the time that I was doing them, and they served others according to exactly what I was doing. Oh, yeah. My occupation is a category. I'm a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that, I have affinities towards certain things. Yeah. Um. And my calling, I believe, is to the arts, Mm -hmm. broadly speaking. So what that means is for me, I um, voice the vocation because I believe I've been called to it, and I don't mean that as an aggrandizing statement, so that's the trick. If I didn't actually impart the capacities nor designate a call, like I didn't go in another room and go, Ryan, and then run in the other room and go, what? (laughs) I didn't answer that call. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So what I'm trying to say is I got internal desires I can't shake. Mm. So they, they, they stay with me, almost burden-like. And then I have a limited range of capacities that allow me to teach, make a little bit, curate, write, and interact with artists, people yeah. that I love. Okay? Yeah. So that's that's sort of the contour. And then it's it's um, I'm in the wild of the answer of the call. I'm somewhere in Middle Earth. I'm not all the way done yet. I haven't yeah. gone back to the shire, so to speak, but I'm – and uh, my call happens to accord with my occupation. Mm-hmm. And so they interact with each other. Yeah. Um, so do I think, so my personal two cents, do I think we're called to go to college? I don't think that works in the definition of call. Do I think no. we're, but do I, are you called to something that necessitates college? Sometimes. Possibly, sometimes. Yeah. There's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it comes back to a worldview and what you think you think a calling is.
0: Yeah, and I think... That, it's know, very
2: freeing if you get it.
0: And if you're out there kind of like, you know, going...
2: <laughs> yeah, buttholes. Oh, I mean calling. You know, Just don't listen to our know, podcast. Ryan, like, you know, Ryan's <laughs> over here talking about his calling.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only the only reason that that kind of can crop up, I think, in your head is if you don't normalize this. Mm-hmm. If you say this is a, this is an abnormal, uh, uh, maybe even like arrogant thing to say, mm-hmm. you know, because this, this isn't some like dude wandering in the woods and has like some, you know, mountaintop experience. Like it's not one of those unique things. Um, cause at the, at the base of it, the, all the stuff we've talked about from the beginning, from, you know, the definitions and unpacking kind of how these words play out and what they mean and what they're really based into the, you know, the categories for how this works. What is, what is, what should be very explicit in all of this is that calling is not limited to specific people mm-hmm. that it is, I would go so far as to say an aspect of actual humanity
1: mm-hmm.
0: that there are things that we are internally drawn to for reasons we cannot explain
1: mm-hmm.
0: that have something to do with how we are made up. Yeah, how we're consti- how, how we're constituted together. together and being put together, but also it's not to not within an ends to ourselves, mm-hmm. but it is that like you're calling within the arts, like you mentioned, you know, it's for like you know with other people. It these these callings are in connection, in conjunction, and in concert with other people. Mm-hmm. So that when we have these conversations about art and design, mm-hmm. I do not feel called to the arts
1: mm-hmm.
0: as Gareth. I do feel called into spaces of design and things with design. He feels a little called to the arts. Little, I mean, now so a, me. a yeah. little yeah. called to the arts, but still. Yeah. Um, a little taste. But just to make the point. But, but together, we actually can work in conjunction with one another yeah. in a more meaningful way that we that's,
2: can't do independently. That's complementary. Yeah. Yeah, it's a complimentary working out.
0: And that's all over the place. Yeah. You know, it's, it's why we have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's exactly they right. They go well together.
2: Yeah, the unity and distinctness, so you, you don't yeah. have to lose it. And um, that requires vision big enough to necessitate the differences coming together and, and joining mm-hmm. arms, which is really what cities are and yeah, most, most cultural spaces are actually. And it's why, worse.
0: if you're a professor out there listening, it's why you get mad at students when they bring in something that looks highly derivative of other people's work. Not because you think it's lazy, but because they're not giving the thing that they are uniquely poised to give into a space. Yeah, and that, and you know, I think that those are the things that, like the the ramifications of sort of understanding what it means to do the arts, as whatever it may be in that vocational sort of spectrum. um, Like you can't you can't underestimate this. Mm -hmm. You can't downplay it, Mm -hmm. Um, because if you do, I think you get the type of people. That you might be annoyed by already, mm-hmm. yeah. Who are just you're just like, well, why are you doing this? Like you could have done anything. And they're like, yeah, you know, I chose the arts. Yeah, and it's like,
2: but you know, and, and so you get that. But and then and then you know, you might be listening. Like, there's the person who's listening is like, um, I've deposited time and energy towards like being an artist, but I'm miserable. I I I feel guilty because I actually enjoy, you know, gardening and reading books, yeah. whatever it could be that you're forcing something that doesn't need to be happening from you. Yeah. And I think we're so afraid to, to acknowledge that we're afraid to let go of, of um, even just for a season sometimes. Yes. You know, I've, I've let go of the arts for a season or two and, and it helped me to, to better pick it back up later. So, but it's like, whatever's ultimately going to be good for you, it's going to be good for you, you mm-hmm. know? So, but also if you're working and it's like, you're trying to clarify this, you don't have to feel guilty if you don't have a job, an occupation in oh. the, in that, which you're called to. Yeah. You 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 can work at both until or if they merge. They yeah. may not. Or you may have to create the occupational category because I don't think we're done inventing.
1: No. So I, hope I
2: mean, not. yeah, so that would be real intervention real in- innovation which we <sighs> It's just yeah, <laughs> which I we what Ryan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we it's, don't
0: actually do most of the time when we talk about it. Yeah,
2: it, it's already afterthought. If we were really point. innovation leaders, we'd be doing big risky things in places that we don't at all. So it's a lot of talk and a lot of people sold, you know, very very shallow bill of goods. Which is why I would just want to why we'd want to do this talk. Like why do yeah. we do these talks? It's like well, I've heard enough people say I feel call this or it's like we we should talk about this because people struggle in their minds with. Uh, the lack of clarity the interchangeability means like do the job you love well because i'm called to it well if i'm not called to it i don't love it is it something i should be doing like it's all these questions and it's like no clarity on it but occupy you know occupation like you know uh um you're you're occupying a space you know if mm-hmm. just think about the words themselves like you're occupying space for for a decent amount of time and um and, uh, and, and by the way, some of the mysticism bound up in call is because it comes from uh, a religious thought. Yeah, yeah. And so you remove the, the context and the framework of the religious thought, and you're left with um, disenfranchised mysticism that has no home. Yeah. And so then you end up saying shallow truisms yeah. that actually have no meaning because you don't have the context for the meaning. Yeah, you get your fortune cookie studio practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 and nobody wants that.
2: Yeah, nobody really wants that. And even no. if you don't know any it's like you know, it's like there's plenty of times where I've been like, I don't know, I feel called to this, but I don't know what I, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, yeah. So um, you have to decide if you are you the person who runs in one room and picks up the phone and calls yourself and then goes and answers in the other room. I would just venture to say there might be more to life than you pretending with yourself. Mm-hmm. So consider that. I Ask us fair. about it. I, I think fair. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to do, fine. I'm not. I mean, I'm not like. A, you know, I, I got a wide range of what I what I personally think. Hey, do your thing, but um. But it's worth thinking about. You know, this is the whole point of this talk is to get is to generate conversation and thought. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, we're going to be going into hobby, which just by virtue, like the next time we talk, we're going to talk a little bit about hobby because just by virtue, we've almost implicated hobby. But I think it'll be interesting, and then I think, um, we'll have a, an interesting sub conversation on like fumbled responses to calling and like sticky situations, like anecdotal, like lived experience with, with a guest or so. And where we talk about like what happens when X, Y, and Z. So some of the particulars that I think maybe some of us are really interested in, we're going to, we're just going to camp out on that once the lay of the land is sort of established. So I think, um, getting like, you know, we had poked at hobby in an earlier conversation, but I think we should really sort of flesh it out because, um, Against the context of what we talked about, I think it becomes yeah. very interesting, actually. It does. Yeah, it becomes super interesting. Kind of a charged thing.
0: Yeah, and, so. and I'm going to throw just a little caveat in there. Um, I know that when you start throwing in terms like hobby, especially in relationship to things like vocation, uh, those of you who've probably been through art school, you're going to have certain hairs tick up yes. on the back of your neck um, based on you know uh, different sort of politically charged conversations mm-hmm. around binaries of value. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're not doing that. Yeah. That's not what any of this is. Nope. Um, this is actually fleshing out the different ways in which people experience their life and it doesn't have yeah. to be with value.
2: Call it recovering lost definitions and um and yeah, if, like if, actually
0: rehumanizing the arts. Yeah, we
2: might just be in recovery mode, which is really what a lot of this podcast yeah, has of been been about. Yeah, because we've been beating
0: the crap out of the arts since the eighteen hundreds. We've just been destroying the freaking field. Yeah. Um, sorry, my take on that. Yeah, that's um, Gara's hot take. Dang, but, hot take. But, I mean, we have, we just hot been Hot like pocket. Completely just being like, hey, how can we destroy this beautiful thing?
2: We make hot pockets. And we just
0: beat the crap out of it by throwing yeah. a lot of stupid ideologies on top of it and destroying it and making it no fun for anybody. Nobody can enjoy it and it's yeah. only for horrible people and this is awesome. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Let's that's just great. do
2: it. And then you're left with my favorite, Brian Regan. I think it's Regan, where he, he says, <laughs> You know, when you buy a Hot Pocket, just put it in the microwave. And then once it's hot, go run and throw it in the toilet, because that's where it's going anyways. <laughs> Jim was that? Gaffigan? Yeah. I love that one, dude. <laughs> it's like,
0: so. yeah. Uh, open package, place in microwave, deposit in toilet. <laughs> <laughs> hot Pocket. <laughs> 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 You're going to make me start hacking over here now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Um, well, I, I think this is helpful, right? Because this, I mean, this is a conversation, honestly. This sort of stuff has been part and parcel of the courses I've taught for the last six years. And I still get into the conversation and think of new things, understand it a little deeper. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's never a conversation you're really done with.
1: Yeah. yeah like yeah, how
0: yeah. do you how do you actually stop understanding like your place mm-hmm. in things? Yeah. I don't know that you do. And the only people that I I think let me say this. Sorry. Let me back up. The danger of being in a place where you know, are no longer considering things like we're talking about now mm-hmm. is that you might be in a spot of complacency. Yeah. And I know that when I'm in those places, I hate them. Once I get out, yeah, I'm like, ah, the waste of time and effort.
2: Yeah, call dude. So call, so um, I'm gonna close on a weird. We're just gonna close in a weird way. (laughs) Whatever. Okay, even weirder. (laughs) So if so, we had done our phenomenology kind of series, rethink the world. Yeah. So I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make an ordered statement. so okay so it's like uh height and depth scale Mm -hmm. all that is assumed right so from big to small yeah it's dynamic Mm -hmm. okay so so uh the world is spoken and as as spoken um within it um it is uh there are agents that are called to the spokenness of the world so so we are both spoken and called Mm And in so answering the call, we voice or vocalize the calling into uh, matters of degrees of beauty and depth and, and power that enrich the spokenness of the world and the one that spoke it. So it, it is a dynamic, multi-layered reality. And I've said in the past, like reality is like a like like an instrument. The universe is like an instrument begging to be played, or the earth is. So um, it is a chorist, because you said this earlier, and I couldn't shake it, it is a chorused reality. Mm-hmm. There is a chorus. And, and so we are either uh, uh, chorusing together to the ends of humanizing and flourishing, or we are suppressing it through lies. Mm. There's no neutrality in it. And so we either confuse and mangle, or we voice uh, through the fact that we've, we are spoken beings ourselves, super weird. Ask me questions about it, but we are either doing that or we're not, mm-hmm. and and that gets into the nature of kinds, that gets into like macro, you know that get that gets into I, I don't it gets into religion, it gets into all of these things, but I would submit to you that that subsumes then design, uh, being made makers, um, uh, who are spoken speakers, um, who have been loved lovers, who. Uh, uh, um, and joined together to um expand sort of the fire like logs on a fire the greater the more logs there is the greater the fire is, the more it burns humanity is that kind of people it's it would seem to me and um we are bent towards making we're, we're sort of called to do it so the the most ultimate call breaks down into the particular instances of the way in which each of us is called into uh, subsets of, of things, so, so none of us can do it all because mm-hmm. we were never intended to. Mm-hmm. So it, it, um, it creates a whole ecosystem, as we've talked about. And um, there's something freeing when you rest in the, and in, in you know, other folks is uh, answering to their call, and you get to be uh, alongside them, like you and I, in, in terms of our proclivities towards art and design and how we complement each other. Mm-hmm. That's how societies are built and actually flourish, mm-hmm. but it requires truth. And I know that's so, in, like, I know everything I say could sound bat, you know what, crazy. But um, I, I'm just putting it out there because everybody else is putting out thoughts. So um, it's put know, out there.
0: I mean, hey, if nothing else, it at least feels better than my guidance counselor told me I might be good at this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, if I had the choice, if it was like A, and here's like the four paragraphs you just said, and then B was your guidance counselor said you had an aptitude. Being yeah. Like, Screw that jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that idiot. Aptitude, no. I saw him do his dumb folk music at that bar one night. I don't know anything to do with him. I'm maybe speaking completely out of personal experience. He was experience. making, he was
2: making instruments out of Mountain Dew cans. <laughs> yeah. Doing folk music. <laughs> yeah. That
0: dude was at the wrong college. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyhow.
2: Well, Hey, uh, if you, if you're still listening to us at this point, thank you. Cause we're, we are a little different and it, it can, we can seem a little crazy, but, um, but uh, hopefully, you—if you're listening, you, at this point, you probably at least trust us to be sound of mind, and so um, <laughs> you just get a kick, out or you just get a kick out of, <laughs> or you like—you know, some people love to hate, so you're like, man, I hate these guys. I gotta tune in next week, um, which you know,
0: cool. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we love you. But just hey, the same.
2: yeah, just the same. So so stay with us. Um, we're gonna keep uh, talking about things. And I think if you went back and listened to like all the episodes, you'd see. A really complex, consistent thought, actually.
0: Yeah, just real quick, go back and do all one ten.
2: Yeah, just do 110 <laughs> episodes
0: back. No, it won't it's, take that long. Yeah, you know, it's only I don't know, it's only like ten to twelve work weeks yeah. of listening.
2: <laughs> hey, this year we really want to expand our listening too. If you are if you'd be down to like and share, I know we don't ask for that a lot, but like like the podcast, write us a review, yeah, support yeah. us on Patreon, 5, 10, 15, 25, twenty five, two million dollars, whatever. <laughs> Support us on Patreon.
0: I'll take a stack of cookies.
2: Share the podcast. Share it with 10 people.
0: Yeah, I mean, for real, because uh, you have no idea how far a review on iTunes. Actually it actually goes. We could,
2: use, we could use more reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to see our numbers double this year as far as who's listening. We, we, we want to gain the support to realize uh, mm-hmm. and, and materialize a lot of the, vi- the goals we have, which are altruistically for people like yourself, including you. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, we are at a really interesting juncture and are we're so thankful for the listeners we have because it it, it we grew tremendously this last year mm-hmm. and we haven't really plugged that it's all it's all word of mouth we don't really ask for much but um 3 years in this would be a great time to help us push the numbers over and expand yeah. sort of the vision the mission the thoughts and ideas that we have so we can expand the infrastructure and and and, and expand the diversity of thought yeah. um and uh, guests and the whole nine you know i think uh, we, we actually have a lot left in the tank and uh, I really think the best is still ahead of us actually yeah So yeah,
0: it definitely is um, and, and th- these topics are always great to talk about because it's the stuff that we don't have time to do in our daily lives yeah and so you know if you're in your studio listening to this stuff and you're like man I wish I could be part of these conversations well then you probably have some friends that feel the same way so pass it around pass it around let them know but hey you know what like we always say and we always mean y'all are a fantastic audience we do love all y'all out there and we will catch you next time peace You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.